Christianity hasn't historically talked about same-sex attraction much, but in this generation, same-sex attraction has become a much more public issue. Perhaps you've got questions related to a gay family member, a friend, or yourself. How does being an Adventist impact sexual identity? How can you reach out to a friend who is struggling in this area or bring your own struggle to Jesus? Hi, this is Esther Lowe. In this episode of the GYC Beyond podcast, members of Coming Out Ministries unravel some of these sensitive questions in an open and honest dialogue. Hi, welcome to the GYC Beyond podcast, and thank you so much for being here. And today we have Coming Out Ministries, and I have more than one of you here. Um, so if each of you could just quickly share you know, your name and a brief testimony of why you're part of this ministry. We'll start with Ron. Okay, I'm Ron Woolsey. I yeah. pastor in Arkansas, Louisiana Conference. Mm-hmm. I came out of the gay life 27 years ago. It was the Seventh-day Adventist message that brought me out. I studied the Bible and the spirit of prophecy and found all of the answers to questions I had had all of my life. Mm. There is truly power in God's Word, transforming power. And that's what brought me out. I was launched into ministry the very night I was baptized. Mm -hmm. And that's been 27 years ago. Uh, We formed Coming Out Ministries about eight years ago now. And the Lord is just taking us around the world with our message of victory over sin. Because this is a sin issue and God's remedy for sin is God's remedy for the gay issue. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Danielle Harrison. Uh, My my experience with same-sex attraction started early for Mm -hmm. me. I was about six years old when my parents separated Mm -hmm. because they were struggling in their marriage. And I moved in down the street from a girl who was being sexually abused. Mm. So she was sharing that knowledge with me, Mm -hmm. and through consensual experimentation, I started having these sexual experiences with her at a very young age. So this would, Mm -hmm. of course, create an addictive drive in myself for sexual sin and also create a lot of confusion. So Mm -hmm. growing up into my teens and trying to navigate through that challenging time of understanding my my own sexuality, I really just embraced it. Mm -hmm. It was very easy to do so moving to Washington State where it's celebrated and very much expressed. So uh, that was through my teen years. I really didn't hold back in being who I thought I was entitled to be and just who I thought that I was. So for it became just a natural thing and a very accepted among that community, which felt like home for me, mm-hmm. which was a really a safe place because I didn't feel like I had home being that my own home uh-huh. um, dissolved when I was very young. And it wasn't until I was invited to an Adventist health institution with my sister that I really saw who Christ was. Mm. I had had this idea that Christianity was either a facade that you hide behind or a checklist that you mark off. And I didn't think that I could just do my devotions and say, check, I'm not a lesbian. Um, <laughs> but I recognized that it was more about meeting God in a sacred uh-huh. space and saying, Lord, I, I need you to come here and meet with me and talk with me and developing that personal relationship. I saw mm. all of the things that I was looking for in the face of Jesus Christ. So my burden is to share this message because I know how challenging it is to navigate through those youthful years and struggling mm-hmm. with some things we we don't feel confident to talk to other people about. Awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I'm Michael Carducci, also uh-huh. a founding member of Coming Out Ministries. We started off with five members. When I came into a relationship with Christ at 40 years old, after I left for 20 years of being identified as homosexual, I really had a lot of strong questions uh, for God that I really demanded answers for. Mm-hmm. And as I started to continue to do studies, the Lord started to reveal different things that had happened in my life that it wasn't just nature or nurture. It was really a combination. Mm -hmm. And I found that Ellen White makes a lot of references to hereditary and cultivated Mm -hmm. tendencies, which the Lord really revealed that to me. I'd rejected my father as my uh, gender role model before I was even conscious between the ages of one and three. I was transgendered till I was 20 thinking that I was unacceptable as a male and that the only way that I would be accepted and loved by men was if I was female. Mm. Then when I came out at 20 years old, after I walked away from the Adventist church, I realized that masculinity was more valuable than femininity. So if I (laughs) butched it up a little bit more, I found that I got the love and affection that I needed from men. But again, it was off the wrong end as Mm -hmm. well. So 20 years of that uh, ended up in sexual addiction, addicted to pornography, Mm -hmm. uh, unfaithful in the five relationships that I had in 20 years uh, that were about as long term as a homosexual relationship can last. But as I came into a relationship with Christ, I think for the first time, as I started to experience the intimacy that he provided, Mm -hmm. which was earth shattering for me, I'd never experienced anything like that, that for the first time I realized that that peace was better than any sexual encounter Mm -hmm. or relationship that I'd ever experienced. It was a tough road coming into that fullness of what God's expectation for my sexuality or identity was. But as he was more faithful to me than I was to him, he showed me that that I could trust him and he earned back my trust. And eventually we started coming out ministries eight years ago. The desire of our message is really to let people know that they are loved. Uh-huh. by a merciful and forgiving God, and that he He has room for us to come back. Mm-hmm. I love hearing your testimonies. Just a, a really quick one from each of you. You all have a very personal reason to be part of this ministry. Uh, just before we you know, keep going into some of the questions that we have, what is it that Coming Up Ministries actually does? You know, I've heard of some people say, well, you know, it's like conversion therapy. You know, is that what you do? Could you clarify? Well, we have a statement that we've put out about coming up ministries Mm -hmm. and conversion therapy. Though we do not participate in or believe in or practice conversion therapy, we do believe that every person coming to Jesus seeking salvation Mm -hmm. from sin joyfully accepts or is looking for a conversion of the heart. Uh And so we acknowledge that homosexuality is a sin issue. Mm Mm-hmm. And we, again, we apply the remedy for sin, looking for a conversion of the heart. By beholding Jesus, we become changed into his image. Mm. So that's, that's an area where we are very often falsely represented. Mm-hmm. We are considered to be anti-gay. Yeah. Uh, if we were anti-gay, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And we're accused of being homophobic. Uh-huh. But if we were homophobic, <laughs> we would be too afraid to do, uh, to do what we're doing. Uh-huh. So we coined a phrase, we're not homophobic, we're homo-agopic. We love gay <laughs> like <it>. people, <laughs> and therefore, in the love of Christ, we have the compassion. We were there, mm-hmm. we know what it is like to be drowning in this sea of confusion and mm-hmm. despair and addiction. And we have a love and compassion for the same community mm-hmm. that we once participated in. So it's in agape love that we're reaching out to the addressing the gay issue, mm-hmm. not homophobic. 
but homo agapic. You know, the misunderstanding that I think with uh, conversion therapy is we, as a ministry, uh-huh. recognize the, um, the, the ill treatment of conversion therapies that were done years ago that are now outlawed in many states. And I, I think that for people trying to affirm their attractions and to, to stray away from what God's Word mm-hmm. says about identity, that they usually pin that on us, you know, mm-hmm. accusing us of that. But I, I like not only what Ron said, but another term is is it's a restoration. Mm. You know, it's not a conversion so much as it Great is term. a restoration of back to the original design that God had intended each one of us to be. Mm-hmm. And I think also another issue with the conversion therapy argument is that conversion therapy is driven towards becoming heterosexual. Yeah. But that really isn't our focus. Okay. Our focus is creating a relationship with Jesus Christ, with mm-hmm. our God. And as we focus on Him and we come in line with His Spirit and with His will, mm-hmm. then the peripheral issues in our lives, the symptoms of our sinful mm-hmm. heart are resolved. So we acknowledge that that there can be changes in a person's mm-hmm. life. So we're, we're coined as conversion therapists. But <laughs> our focus is just on Jesus. It isn't mm-hmm. on sexuality, though we feel that those issues can be resolved in time okay. and in different ways for different people. There's a girl that says she has this kind of bumper sticker and it says, it's not gay to straight, it's lost to save. And that I uh-huh. think is a really beautiful That's summation. That's a beautiful way to put it. Uh, yes, Mike right. mentioned the word restoration and that is very powerful because we believe that the entire plan of salvation is about restoring mm-hmm. us to what God meant for us to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, so you've all kind of focusing on Christ, right? And for his restoration and, and transformation in the way that he wants. Do you believe that every single person who has some kind of sexual problem or struggle, do you think that they will all experience a change so they no longer have that struggle? I could address that yeah. real quickly too, because people have come to me and said, so are you never tempted that way anymore? Uh-huh. And I just said, well, listen, I was baptized on February 7, 1992. Satan wasn't. <laughs> I changed the direction of my life. Satan uh-huh. didn't change his plan for my life. But we know how to meet him mm-hmm. through the Word of God and, and the tools that God has given us. And so we know how to deal with temptation. Temptation is not sin. We don't allow Mm -hmm. temptation to define who we are Mm -hmm. because Jesus himself was tempted in all points like as we are. Mm -hmm. How are we going to label him (laughs) yet without sin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, Jesus was also tempted until the Mm -hmm. very last moments of his life. And who are we to think that, you know, we would be rid of temptation Mm -hmm. uh, even while we're here on this planet? Also, another good friend of ours says, you know, well, would that be fair for God to take away my temptations but not take away yours? Yeah. A- and the devil knows how to tempt each one of us according to the things that we're, our sinful nature is mm. drawn to. So again, temptation does not equal sin. And a mm-hmm. lot of people misunderstand that if you're tempted that you haven't been redeemed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the burdens that I think we all have in moving forward with this ministry is not only to share our personal experiences, mm-hmm but also to equip people with the things that we've learned Mm -hmm. to use, the tools that we've learned to use in order to move through those moments where our temptation is so big in front of us that everything kind of blurs out, how to reconnect with Christ and to really persevere through those moments and find ourselves victors. Mm. We have got a threefold approach 
to this issue. With, yeah. Through our testimonies, we inspire. Mm -hmm. And then we go beyond inspiring, beyond our testimonies, because the Lord has given us a wealth of information because of our study, but also because of our experience. And so from inspiring, we go to enlightening and mm -hmm. educating the church. And then as we grew up in the church, those of us who did, mm -hmm. there were no resources. There was no discussion. There was no one right. to talk to. So the Lord is now <laughs> using us to create the very resources that we needed. And so mm -hmm. now we're equipping the church. So we inspire, enlighten, and equip, equip the church. Okay. And you just brought something up, which is exactly where I want to go from now. Um, you mentioned that some of you grew up in the church and there were no resources. And I think, you know, for myself growing up in the church, I never heard any of these things talked about exactly. ever. And I think sometimes you also have this idea that if you grew up in the church, you didn't have that kind of struggle. But what would you say to a young person? Maybe they're a Bible worker. Maybe they're, they've grown up in the church a whole life, and yet they feel attraction to the same sex, or maybe they're, they've got kind of a mixture going on and they're confused. How should they handle that? Should they decide to embrace that side of themselves and label themselves um, and come out? Or should they just continue to try and force themselves to follow the path that everyone else is doing. How should they relate to that? You know, the Bible says that our words have the power of life and death, and whatsoever a man thinketh mm -hmm. in his heart, that so he is. So um, by embracing these attractions that according to the Bible are not according to God's will, then what we do is by embracing them, they again become our identities. So that's why coming out ministries, mm -hmm. we do not identify ourselves as gay Christians mm -hmm. or, or homosexual Adventists or whatever, because why would we attach a sin temptation to the identity that we're walking mm. in with Christ. I love the story of Jacob wrestling with Jesus all night long, and Jacob means liar and deceiver. And and, mm. and after all night, Jesus mm. says, you know, what's your name? And he said, deceiver, liar. And he said, no, your name is Israel, meaning redeemed. And he wow. said, I give you a new name before you demonstrate it. He mm -hmm. said, but now walk in the new identity that I give you. So again, um, I think that we get a lot of you know, grief because of that. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're still gay if you still have the attractions. But again, you know, our identity now is in Christ. He says that we're a mm -hmm. new creature and that the old things have passed away. So that's where I've really found the most conflict with a lot of pro-gay mm -hmm. ministries or, or people. Uh, again, what is our proper identity mm -hmm. in Christ? That's awesome. You know, everyone who's coming to Christ is having to deal with some issue and yeah. having to let something go and having to be transformed. Uh, the word conversion simply means change. We have to mm -hmm. change direction. And when we are living a Christian life, we have to realize that there's always something that Satan is going to use to try to come between us mm -hmm. and the Lord. And we have to, like Paul says, we have to die daily. Heterosexuals have just as much temptation as homosexuals do. And as a Christian, we put God first. Mm -hmm. We submit to his will, trusting that his grace is sufficient for our struggles. Lust is lust, mm -hmm. whether it is for the opposite sex oh, or yeah. the same gender. Uh, it's still sin. And we all have to surrender our uh, the lusts of the flesh to the Lord and put his will, his desires, his emotions, his feelings mm -hmm. ahead of our own. So our struggle really is not unlike anyone else's struggle. Mm -hmm. 
but it is it is being portrayed as something that is set in concrete that yeah. cannot be dealt with that God himself cannot deal with it mm-hmm. and that that is a message that God is impotent we say no he's <laughs> omnipotent that yeah. our sin is uh, can be dealt with in the same way that any other sin issue can be. Uh-huh. Our temptations can be dealt with in any the same way. Do you think that someone who is growing up in the church, someone who might even be working for the church, if they have these kind of struggles, does it help for them to talk to somebody? Yes. Would you recommend that? And who who should they talk to? I think you have to be really careful. Yeah, that's what I would say too. There, there are people who are going to support you mm-hmm. in moving forward in Christ. Mm -hmm. And there are others, as we've discussed before, that are just going to encourage you to embrace that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it it is very important, I think, to find find someone that you see the fruits of the Spirit manifest in Mm -hmm. their own walk and experience and and really really wrestle to find Mm -hmm. someone who's going to encourage you in the right direction. Uh, Because sometimes people come to someone looking for counsel and direction and instead, it just, this person wants to help them come out, wants to help them yeah. settle into this. And that can be more hurtful than it really uh-huh. is helpful in the long run. What about the opposite reaction where you go to somebody um, and they they condemn you? Is that, like, is that something to worry about as well? I think so, yeah. <laughs> that you can have someone being supportive in the wrong direction, and you can also have someone who's just going to make you focus on the negative aspects mm-hmm. and that and that's not helpful either okay. I mean as we we were talking about the perseverance of the Christian experience if mm-hmm. we're focusing so much on our feelings and our thoughts no matter what those are as long as they're not in harmony mm-hmm. with the will of God it's going to be something that harasses us and it's going to become a nightmare for us mm-hmm. so we need to look to someone who's going to point us towards the solution point us towards moving past that and we really find that in the word of God yeah. I've, I've clung to the promise that Christ wants to give us the way of escape from mm-hmm. every temptation. And so we need someone who's going to help us find that escape in those moments. You brought up something a while ago that I, I think really is needs attention. Yeah. Because this is an accusation we hear all the time that, or there are people that say, just embrace yourself. Yeah. Acknowledge who you are. Just, you know, grow up in yourself. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. And yet the Bible says we are to deny self. Mm-hmm. And there are those that accuse us of really denying who we are. We're living mm-hmm. in denial. And I say, amen. <laughs> yes, we are. We are fallen human beings. And to be a Christian means to deny yourself. Take up our cross and follow mm-hmm. Jesus because if we just embrace who we are, that means we embrace our fallen humanity. Hmm. That's not the plan of salvation. Okay. I think it's I think it's really important to say though that that's not like a flip of a switch either. Oh no, it's not to be taken you know in a cavalier way that oh you know I decided <laughs> to deny my flesh and that was it because because we do know that what that struggle yeah. means and so when people are able to share or willing to. You know, it's not something that we chastise them mm-hmm. about or uh, flippantly just tell them, oh, you know, just don't act that way. <laughs> and I think that that's real important, too. That's what Coming Out Ministries wants to provide. Uh-huh. And a lot of our, our programs that we have recorded and have available, as well as our t- uh, documentary, mm-hmm. Journey Interrupted, um, we talk about what that's like and, and that transition. And it's not mm-hmm. an easy process, but the victory is guaranteed through Christ. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, you say, you know, we call to deny self. How do you actually do that without, at the same time, kind of just suppressing yourself? 
I think Philippians no. 2 verse 5 is powerful. Uh, many times, you know, a temptation will come into my head, a sexual thought, and what am I going to do with that? And yeah. I personally don't have the power to to withstand that temptation. But Jesus says, submitting to, you know, Philippians 2 verse 5, let this mind be in you, which mm-hmm. was in Christ Jesus, meaning just give me permission. And every time I've claimed that promise, it works mm-hmm. 100%. Asking for the mind of Christ. And then yeah. my thoughts change. Awesome. And James tells us also, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, then he will flee from you. It's a three-step process. Mm-hmm. If we try suppression on our own, we'll fail. We are fallen humans trying to combat supernatural temptation. But the secret is submit ourselves to God as mm-hmm. to divinity and then resist the devil. Mm-hmm. And we're told that when the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent. Mm-hmm. That's because we're plugged into divinity by submitting first mm-hmm. to God and then resisting. And our whole lives are about resisting temptation. And what's the verse about renewing of the mind? Uh, oh, yes, in uh, Romans 12, we are to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Mm. And that also comes through uh, you know, reading the Word of God and accessing mm-hmm. you know, the power that is there in the Word of God. And I think a lot of that really hinges on faith. Mm. It's We're not going to make a lot of progress if we just don't believe that it's possible. And we won't even ask for it from the Lord. But That's when we true. come to Him and we say, Lord, I don't just want to bury this. I'm acknowledging to you because you already know what's there, what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I just, I need your help in this. And you can just come naked before Him mm-hmm. and acknowledge what's going on. And, and He's going to help create that shift in, in our paradigm. We can't, mm-hmm. we, we can't create it ourselves. So when we believe that he is able to do it, that's when we will finally start to experience it. Mm. You said um, that you have more resources to go deeper into this, right? Definitely. And where can we get in touch with some of that? Well, you can visit our website, which is comingoutministries.org. Uh-huh. We also have a number of presentations that are available mm-hmm. on Audioverse. Awesome. Let's just kind of change focus a little bit now. Um, from the perspective of someone who might have friends who have these struggles and have come to you and they, they want help or they're just telling you what's going on, how should I respond or how should they respond to their friend in a Christ-loving way? They should be loving. Yeah. They should be compassionate. They should be good friends. And you don't hit them over the head with the, the, the gay issue mm-hmm. up front. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So what we encourage people to do is to help someone develop an intimate relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Uh, I know in my case, I think it was true maybe with all of us, through our study of God's Word, we developed a relationship with the Lord long before we had Mm -hmm. the courage to step out and leave (laughs) our relationships and start a new life. I know that was, it was true with me. Uh-huh. And I got to the point that I loved the Lord more than I loved my, my life, my gay life uh-huh. and my, my relationship. And I had to make a choice between the two men that I loved. Mm-hmm. And I chose the one who died for me rather than the one who just wanted to have an illicit relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Well, and often I think we, we feel it's our responsibility as well-meaning brothers to show people what they're doing is wrong and and convince them of that and illuminate that for them. But a lot of the times people, there's an innate sense. There's a restlessness inside. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times for people, the thing that's going to help the most is just to 
to be able to express what they've been going mm. through, what they've been thinking and wrestling with that they've been holding inside. So listening, mm-hmm. just listening and not waiting for your turn to speak so that you can say what you want to say. Just <laughs> just really actively listening to someone and giving them an ear that, that will listen mm. can be so helpful for someone. And also, I think praying with them, mm-hmm. praying for them, and especially praying for the Spirit to guide you as to when to step forward mm-hmm. and when to step back, when to speak, when to be silent, uh, when to when to give and when to take because it's a unique experience that every person has had that's led them into mm-hmm. this same-sex attraction. So it's going to be a unique experience for them to, to journey out of it. So we have to be sensitive to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's leading and how we can minister to them. A, a great example that we heard about a year ago, a girl had been studying with a gay male couple for two years, mm-hmm. and they'd never talked about you know same-sex attraction and what the <laughs> Bible said. And they loved the Sabbath. They accepted the state of the dead. They were wow. ready to move forward. They like, you know, why can't we get baptized? And she was like, uh, uh. And they said, well, is it because we're gay? And he said, she said, well, would you like to know what the Bible says about that? And they said, yeah, sure. And she said, well, I haven't really studied it. Let me, you know, mm-hmm. think about it or whatever, study. And they said, sure, no problem. But um, when she called Coming Out Ministries, we really recommended that instead of her giving her own interpretation, because the Holy Spirit had been moving and she established a relationship, yeah. and she said that she didn't want to do anything that would hurt them or drive them away because she loved them, mm-hmm. because they've been studying for two years. All of the foundational groundwork, I believe, had been set. Mm-hmm. She'd already won their confidence. She had befriended them. They trusted her, you know, and she was meeting their need by showing mm-hmm. them who Christ was. So what she did is she opened up the Bible and she said, instead of you accepting my interpretation about what the word says, let's open it up together. But mm-hmm. it wasn't her first Bible study. It was the one she did two years after they started studying. And when they came to each of those Bible verses talking about same-sex attraction mm-hmm. and homosexual practice, one of the gentlemen, his response always was, oh my. And then they go <laughs> to another verse, oh my. And so they're under conviction. And the beautiful thing that, that Coming Out Ministries, I think, really represents mm-hmm is the power of choice. Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't want our message, we're not offended. Mm -hmm. We're not here to drag them into our understanding, kicking and screaming. The idea is to give them the option of what the Bible represents Mm -hmm. and and to to show that through at least three examples. We have um, many people that we work with now in the ministry as well that have come out of Mm -hmm. same-sex attraction and practice. And, you know, it's amazing to see all of these testimonies. But again, the sad news is that if we're slandered and if mm-hmm. you know people are saying these things that we don't have a true experience, then the idea is to drive them away from the option that we believe is the one that not only brings us into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, but also authentically gives you mm-hmm. peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. That's really great. I like how you shared sharing from the Bible, not just your own perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're if this person is coming to you, is attracted to you, and you want to help them, but how can you do that in a, in a helpful way? Um, well, there's safeguards that yeah. that we've learned that we need to implant, and usually that's by going, you know, at least two people, you know, uh-huh. ministering with somebody. And if it comes to our attention that somebody is attracted to one of us, which is unlikely for me since I'm old. But um, <laughs> if that were to happen, uh, again, you would want to make sure that safeguards are in place to, to protect them as well as to protect yeah. yourself. Okay. Yeah. Any other words of advice for someone who's well, just Well, uh, another thing that just pops into my yeah. mind there, it might be good to bring 
like he says, another person, mm -hmm. but divert that person to study to someone with someone where there's not that chemistry, okay. where there's not that attraction. So they still get the word of God and you are not a distraction. Mm -hmm. uh, their yeah. attraction to you is not a distraction to them. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, as we close up, I really appreciate all the things that you kind of brought up tonight in this episode. But I just wanted to ask, is there one thing that if you had been younger, you would have loved someone to share with you? With me, uh, I grew up feeling rejected. Mm -hmm. And I believe my observation, it's not an infallible observation, but <laughs> my observation is that every gay person that I've ever observed, and when you dig deep enough, they have dealt with and maybe still are dealing with a perception mm -hmm. of rejection. Mm -hmm. And rejection drives you to wherever you can find acceptance and, mm -hmm. and resolve that. And I feel that if I had had... Uh, a, a perception of acceptance by my father and the men in my life and my peer mm. group, it would have helped me. It would have helped me embrace my masculinity and grow up mm -hmm. fully accepting my manhood. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a very big deal with me okay. is this perception of rejection. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the, this definitely swims against the tide of what is commonly stated yeah. in our world today, but I think one of the most important things for us to remember is that what we feel and mm -hmm. what we are, what our thoughts are constantly returning to doesn't define who we are. Mm -hmm. And Michael stressed identity earlier. I think that's so important mm -hmm. because once I settled into believing that I was just bisexual and that's who mm -hmm. I was and telling all my friends that that's who I was, it, it creates a great challenge in the future, even if we feel convicted to walk in a different direction. Mm -hmm. It creates a challenge to do that because you create this sense of, this is just who I am, so it's mm -hmm. hard to walk away from that. So um, I think we all have to struggle mm -hmm. to place those repetitive thoughts in an area where we see them as objective. And we train our mind to meditate upon the things that are pure and holy mm -hmm. and lovely and true. It's a struggle that is a daily challenge. I still have to mm -hmm. battle with that. And maybe my sexuality isn't the thing that my mind is constantly focused mm -hmm. on now, but I have other things that I wrestle with. So right. it's a journey. So we have to remember that it's a process that sometimes takes time. All right. Thank you. I think for me, definitely the issues of rejection. But I think what I really battled with was I didn't think I was valuable enough. Mm. And, and the rejection that I experienced from my, when I rejected my father uh, at a young age and just feeling like I could never be man enough to be, you know, approved of by him. And then the kids in school that, that teased me and ridiculed me. So all mm -hmm. it did is push even further away these feelings that I had value. Mm. And I think that what would have been incredible is if I could have heard someone say, that homosexuality could be redeemed and that mm -hmm. you know even verse 8 of second corinthians chapter 6 you know why wasn't anyone talking about that verse because that would have given me hope mm. did you know that in a situation where a child's been physically abused mm -hmm. not only do they have physical scars but emotional scars to work yeah. through but a child that's been abandoned or neglected or ignored has the same emotional scars mm. and so we've been living in a in an era where the church 
has either not talked about it because it was uncomfortable or maybe they didn't have the resources to know how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But even the fact that we refuse to talk about sexual sin in the church, and it's not limited to homosexuality. I mean, what about masturbation, pornography, premarital sex? Those are really the big issues that are going on in the church now. But if we refuse to talk about it, then more Uh people like me feel like, well, I guess I'm the only one that struggles with it. And they end up being driven out of the church because of neglect. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for just this short time with us to sharing from your perspective, you know, how to minister to your friends or how to go through that experience um, personally. Uh, We thank you just for being here and sharing. And if you could remind us your website. Yes, it's comingoutministries.org. Uh-huh. So that's comingoutministries.org. And you have uh, resources on there that people can go through as well? Yeah, we have a shop there and they can purchase Okay. Them. Yeah, we recommend that you watch our documentary. It's only an hour long, okay. but it tells five amazing stories of redemption in Christ. And the documentary is on the website? Uh, journeyinterrupted.com. Journeyinterrupted.com. that an extreme conversion yeah. simply reveals an extreme God. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. We are so glad you were able to join us for this episode. If you have questions, comments, or would like to find out more, you can connect with GYC on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For more episodes of this podcast, follow us on iTunes or go to gycweb.org beyond. We look forward to hearing from you.